I think one of the greatest crises that men are facing is we're we're lone wolfing it in mm. life. We're doing it alone. We're bearing our burdens alone. We're not allowing people in to see what's really going on. The sadnesses we're carrying. We don't even let ourselves see it. You know, we're just so distracting from our our sadnesses, our grievings, our griefs, our angers, our upsets, all the stuff that we're we're carrying. We either just don't talk about it or we numb it out through video games, porn, work, alcohol, drugs, TV, football, whatever it is. We're not having the real conversations and particularly with other men because who can understand what it is to be a man than another man? You know, a lot of us men, if we're in relationship, we'll, we'll try to maybe put those burdens on our, our wife, our intimate partner, it's not really the place for all of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, our partners need to need to be let in but we men need other men. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. My guest today, Brian Reeves, is an entrepreneur, coach, relationship expert, and author of Tell the Truth, Let the Peace Fall Where It May, and more recently, this book right here. Uh, There we go. Choose her every day or leave her. I love that title. And there's some uh, personal experience on this I'd like mm-hmm. to share. Uh, Brian has been featured in Allure, Red Book, and many other publications and was sought out and featured by Oprah Winfrey herself. I'm going to have to talk about that as well. Okay. That'll be an interesting story. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, brother. Yeah. Appreciate you being here. I'm enjoying it already, Jamie. Good. Already, this is our first time meeting it and, is. and I'm, I'm feeling the rapport, man. I'm enjoying it. Can you feel why you did? You asked me about bringing a coffee. Can you see why bringing me a coffee? Would have been a bad idea. Now you warned me against it. That was the right call. (laughs) No caffeine. Don't don't caffeinate. (laughs) That was the right call. Reminder to everybody: go to GoBundance.com and apply to be a member of any of our communities. We've got a spot for you. And of course, for the podcast, give us a rating and review. We love to grow and build this. If there's impact to you, we'd appreciate that uh, from all of you. So, look, you are. This topic of masculinity is all over the place right now. We're going to dive into that a little bit, but I want to start with understanding women and relationships. And here's what I'm going to start: you advocate. Uh-huh. We're going to get controversial. Okay, no, great. I love it. That's you great. advocate in the book uh, and maybe in other spaces that I listen to you about uh, every couple should break up. Mm. What do you mean by that? Uh, every couple should break up. Yeah, that's a pretty provocative statement. Yeah, that's good. Click well, well, so I don't believe in relationship as obligation. Hmm. I, I like to practice and espouse relationship as invitation. So obligation versus invitation. I think where, where we start to really come off the tracks in our relationship experiences is we start to approach them as though we are obligated. You know, our partners obligate us. We obligate ourselves. We obligate them. I mean, it just becomes a, a big obligatory process. And who the fuck wants to be a part of that? Yeah. You know, just a, oh, I have to. It's the living in the have to story of, of living. And that's miserable. That's not a fun place to be. It's not an enjoyable place to be. And there's no agency in that. Yeah. And so, so you know, that the, every couple should break up. I don't really mean that they should break up and not be together. What I, what I'm, that, what, that's a chapter in, in my book, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her. And what I'm really talking about, although I was referring, in, as I'm telling the story in the book, I am talking about an actual, actual breakup, breakup. Right, yeah. Right? Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm married now. I'm with my wife for seven years. And, and, you know, I choose to be in that relationship. I choose not, I didn't just choose seven years ago or I didn't choose the day we got married and then, okay, now I'm obligated. Uh Uh-uh. I chose and I keep choosing. 
I'm, you know, and, and my wife is, she's no pushover. Mm. You know, she's a strong, independent thinking woman, uh, feisty and fiery and, and, and incredibly loving and, and, uh, empathic and sensitive and, and all the, all the beautiful things. And, and, and we clash sometimes we have different, we're very different people, but neither of us are obligated to stay. Neither of us live in the story of you have to X, Y, Z or else, or look, our relationship has conditions, you know, relationship. Uh, I don't know who said this, but I, I love this idea. Love is unconditional, but relationship, it has conditions. Like what? Well, monogamous, my, my wife mm. and I are monogamous, for example, that's a condition. True. If she wants to be with other men, I will bless her, but I will not be with her mm. and vice versa. Right. That's one condition. Another condition is that we aren't going to uh, physically or emotionally or verbally violate each other's boundaries, right? We're not going to ab- essentially abuse each other in, in any of those domains. We're mm-hmm. going to respect each other. Those are conditions. If we violate those conditions and look, sometimes it happens that, you know, we say, we might say a thing that's, that's unkind or disrespectful or, or uns- I like to use the, the, the frame of unskillful. Um, we, we repair that mm-hmm. quickly, right? But we don't again approach it as an obligation. Like I have to do this thing because that's, that's, that's just not a, a life that I want to live. And I think that's again, where a lot of, and you know, I'm, I'm speaking as a man, you're a man, uh, you're married for how long? 12 years, 12 years, man. Yeah. That's no small feat. Yeah. So you know what I'm pointing at here. I do. Yeah. 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 hundred <laughs> percent. And, and I think there's, I want to be a man who lives with agency and who lives in, in my power. And so long as I am choosing to be in this relationship, I'm choosing to be in this relationship. I'm not obligated. Right, right, right. You know, and if my wife obligates me, that's also, that becomes a, a deal breaker for me. I don't want to feel obligated either. Now, yeah, she has conditions, Yeah, but that's different from, you know, you have to, that you, that you have to mindset. Are you, defi- this is interesting to me. Do you know Esther Perel? Of course. So Esther Perel has She's been the queen. She's the queen of relationships. I agree. She's transformational. A lot of people, I mean, you know, again, you talk about provocative her, her, um, I think people associate her. You talk about monogamy with like polygamy and polyamorous relationships and all that. And she talks about that. Mm-hmm. But what I got from her, and it's funny, I wanted to get her here. I thought she was an Austin local, but apparently she's New York. But anyway, um, she talks about, I think at the core of it, and my wife helped me understand this. That what she's talking about is not, you know, um, uh, polygamy is good. Polygamy is bad. Monogamy is good. Monogamy is bad. This, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. It's just that you get to define what love is. You get to define the conditions of love. Like mm-hmm. you talked about, you know, like you said, love is unconditional, but the relationship and the love, the way in which you two express that love. Yeah. So what I love about what you said is some people might check a box. Like, well, of course, monogamy is, is I mean, of course, but like, that's not for everybody, right? That's not a condition for everybody. That's right. And getting getting comfortable with the idea i think what you're saying and correct me if i'm wrong Mm. that how you and your wife or me and my wife Mm -hmm. decide to define love for us is a is a i don't know it's for us and us only we don't have to go by societal norms or pressures or whatever the case would be is that is that what you and your wife have is it a definition of love with these conditions does that make sense yeah well i would say it is a it is a a there are a set of agreements upon which we function in our relationship. Yeah. And, and these agreements, you know, we, we've been together seven years. That's a long time, but also not a long time. We're still learning each other. Mm. Uh, I often tell couples when I uh, work with couples and they're struggling or they're maybe new or uh, with each other and just learn, they're just starting to hit their stuff. 
I'll, I'll tell them, look, expect it to take 10 years to get really good at being with each other. Yeah. 10 years yeah. to get really good. You're, you're spot on, man. I think that's around <laughs> the point where we've gone through our ups and downs, but about a decade in, we really learned, you know, who we are. And in fact, tell me if this resonates with you. I've said this and it may be a, a different way of saying you need to break up. Um, but I think you have to kill your relationship every every mm. so often, mm. just because you're different. My my wife was 24, I was 30 when we got married. Mm. I'm uh, well, so we're married 12. Um, the math isn't working, but I'm 44, she's 37. Somehow that's not 12 <laughs> years, but whatever. Um, we're different people, man. We were single, yeah. uh, no kids, younger, and then we've gone, we've moved, we moved to a new country, uh, right? Like we've done all these different things in that yeah. time. So we're different people. So so for our relationship to have like, you know, emblazoned in time in 2010, maybe it was 31 or 32, whatever. If for us to have like locked in, mm. hey, this is this is uh, who we are and who will always be in this mm. relationship, knowing what I know now is ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. killing the relationship essentially yeah. every so often, that's what you're talking about with breaking up with people. Well, and I would say maybe I'd reframe killing the relationship <laughs> into allowing, allowing parts of it to die. There you go. Or allowing versions of yourself to die or yeah. versions of the relationship to die because that's, that's just life. That's the cycle of life. And, and if we are developing and growing, we are going to change. The relationship is going to change. Right. And I think that's an incredibly healthy approach to relationships to just know that if you're with someone for a long time, yes. I mean, Esther Perel says that as well. You, mm -hmm. I think she said she's been married to her husband for, I don't know, decades. And she said they've had multiple marriages within the one marriage. There you go. Yeah, that's probably a better way of saying it than kill the relationship. <laughs> that's a bit, that's a bit sadistic. It's my approach, Northeast but... <laughs> roots, man. Like it's fucking kill it, kill, it. kill the goddamn. <laughs> um, I want to, uh, as foundational, uh, uh, dis foundational discussion for a lot of what we're going to talk about. Can you describe masculine feminine? What does that mean from your perspective? You talk a lot about it in the book and you reference and anything that you do at your podcast, you reference masculine, feminine often and you define it, but can you just for the stand for this conversation, sure, sure. give me a sense of that? Look, you ask this question a thousand times, you're going to get a thousand different answers, sure. even from me. Um, and I, I want to pre 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 set the table here. Is that the word? But, yeah. uh, it's just a map, right? Let's not confuse the map with the terrain. Mm, it's okay. just a map. It's like a, it's like a heat map. You know, if you're looking at a bunch of mountains, there's, you look, you could look at the topographical map. You could look at the actual, like the map of trails that you could walk on. You could look at the satellite map. You could look at the heat map. Like there's all kinds of maps you can look at. This is just one map. It doesn't describe the whole mountain. Just want to be clear about that. Yeah. So, cause we can get, we can get so wrapped up in being in our masculine or, you know, embracing the feminine and it just becomes unwieldy and it just gets in the way actually of good relationships. So, yeah. That said, um, the way that, that I like to talk about masculine <clears throat> and feminine energy is, you know, I had a big epiphany once I was in the military. Mm -hmm. And so I, 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 I had this notion as I, as I imposed ideas of manhood onto masculinity and leadership and, and the air force, I was in the air force mm -hmm. and sort of just, just man culture, like the masculine is the one who is leading, who has the direction, who knows where we're going, who's, who's, uh, leading the charge and we're all trusting in, okay, let's go that way because the mask, the leader says so. Right. And I had this huge epiphany when I was actually on a retreat in the Australian outback. I was in this beautiful, uh, location, um, not far from, there's this big iconic rock in Australia called Uluru, mm. uh, Ayers rock by, by kind of Western 
uh, the, the white Australian nomenclature, but Uluru to the indigenous. And this is where they would do a lot of their sacred rituals through for millennia. Well, but I was, I was about, I don't know, 15 kilometers away from that at another set of iconic rocks that we don't really know much about because they're not on the postcards. Mm -hmm. And this is where the men go to do their rituals. And I was just meditating amongst these rocks. And I was actually working with a female coach at the time who was her whole, her whole orientation was to be in her intuition and in her, in her feminine flow, you could say. I mean, she, look, she was all over the damn place, you know, I mean, and that, that, that became problematic after a while, I'm gonna be honest, because she had no boundaries. And so that had, that had problems. But um, what I realized on that retreat was I had it kind of backwards. See, I thought masculine meant I'm the leader, but, but where, where am I going? Where am I taking people? What, where am I leading them to? Well, I think the masculine in service of the feminine is the feminine is the feminine orients the masculine towards love. Hmm. So let's just say for, for simple, you know, there's a simple nomenclature. Uh, the masculine is direction. It is, it is like I'm, I'm on a swivel stick. It's like the compass where, you know, which, which direction are we going in? But the feminine is the energy that, that points that compass in a direction, right? Yeah. So, so the masculine then, now once I am oriented by the feminine, by love, well, let's just say, we're using big, big terms. No, here. it's okay, because we're gonna get into this, but go ahead. We'll, we'll get into it. But, um, you know, I look, at, I look at this in relationship, like, like if, if, and I've, I've said this before, and some men will object to this, but I've, if, if my work, for example, if my work in the world, if how I'm showing up in the world, if what I'm doing, my doing, doesn't serve my wife's heart, mm. not her ego, but her heart, if it doesn't serve love, what am I doing? But serving my own ego. Sure. So again, I'm giving a probably a pretty convoluted answer. No, it's good. And, this, and here's what I wanna I, I extract from it, or maybe the question I wanna ask about it is, and, and it makes complete sense. I like the, the, the direction, uh, uh, the, the, the common nomenclature that you talked about. How does, how does masculine then you mentioned love. How does it feel love? What is, what is the, uh, what is a, what is a, as a, as a, uh, what I consider to be a masculine <clears throat> energy that I have, mm -hmm. um, not just cause I'm a man, but I just, that's, you know, probably yeah. typically men have yeah. masculine, women have feminine energy, yeah. but how does, how does, yeah. how does the feminine make the masculine feel loved? Yeah. So one of the, one of the, the great challenges in, in heterosexual relationship is, is feeling your partner feeling what they're feeling or f being sensitive, being attuned to what your partner is experiencing. Yeah. And a lot of us men in particular, and I, I definitely fall prey to this, that you know, if my wife isn't bleeding out of her eyes, if she isn't on fire, if she's not starving, if she's <laughs> you know, not being pursued by a bad guy, Everything's fine. Right. Like she should be good. What's the, I, I, you're okay, right, babe? Good. You're not. You're your hair's not on fire. You're not starving. Okay, good. I have other problems that I'm gonna go solve. Yeah. I got other shit that I'm gonna worry about. Then yeah. I'm gonna go focus on. But that's that leads to breakdown. That leads to discon chronic disconnection in relationships. I'm not feeling what she's what's happening for her consistently enough so that I can tend to. So I think one of the, the one of the things that we do in, in, in men's work 
is in a men's group, for example, we'll often start our men's group sessions by with a check-in. What am I feeling? Okay, well, I'm feeling, I'm thirsty. I just noticed I'm thirsty. Uh, I'm feeling calm. I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling like we start to check into what am I feeling in my own body? I mean, this is a gateway for many men to waking up to the feminine mm. first in our own bodies. I mean, I, I also espouse intimacy as, as the, the foundation of intimacy with others, intimacy with self. Mm. What am I feeling? What's happening for me in the moment? You know, the first book I wrote, tell the truth, let the peace fall where it may. Yeah. I wrote that because I discovered how dishonest I had been in relationship, but not, not like the big things, like I cheated on you and I'm, not, I'm hiding it, but I don't like what's happening. I don't feel good in my body about what's happening, but I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm you know, choking myself off. I'm sure. not, because either I'm not paying attention or I'm, I'm distracted by my own fantasies or thoughts or, and I'm, nobody's home. Mm -hmm. And naturally then I'm projecting that out I'm, and, and no one's home with her either. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure not around. Sure. So, you know, um, being a becoming attuned to the feminine can start with being attuned to the feminine in our own bodies, by which I just mean the emotions, the feelings, the sensations, the, the things that are changing. I mean, this is, you know, a, a, a way of, of identifying the feminine and the masculine is, is, is the masculine is that which never changes consciousness, the witness it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the, 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 the that sees everything. The feminine is everything that changes. Mm. My thoughts are feminine. They blah, 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 blah. My, you know, my, my, my body is feminine. My emotions are feminine. The world is feminine. Change is feminine. And a lot of men who identify more masculine, we tend to at some point like, man, this world is overwhelming. I need to check out. I need to go out. I need to go be in, you know, sit on a rock somewhere by myself and be away from the demands of wife, children, work, life, everything because it's all feminine. Mm -hmm. Life is overwhelmingly feminine in that, in yeah. that way of, 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 uh, of, of seeing it. And same with relationship, relationship, all these demands that my wife is changing. I'm changing. There's so much change. Children are growing up. They're wanting things. They're, they're overwhelming me. I have a friend that he told me that every time he walks, he, he's married, got two kids. He says, every time I walk into a room, I just want everything to stop. <laughs> like just immediately stop. I don't care what's going on. Just stop. <laughs> he lives in overwhelm. Oh, I see. He's living in overwhelm. Yeah. You know, and, and here is a man who's very sensitive. He he's very has a lot of feelings. He's very and, and quick to temper and anger and because he doesn't he hasn't learned how to be with all those feelings. He's learning. He's on that journey, on that path. But so for him to walk into a room because he's very connected to his feminine, I would say, mm -hmm. he's overwhelmed. That's why like everything just stops so oh, he can take a breath. Mm. Of course, life doesn't do that. Life just keeps dancing. The feminine keeps dancing. Well, that's to your point. That's the whole, when you think about masculinity and we're getting way more in tune with that, I feel like now and hopefully in the future, but masculinity has been associated with manliness, right? And that manliness is like suppress that shit. Right. Like he wants everything to stop. That's a very masculine reaction, right? Like a conditioned masculine reaction to what you're describing as 
essentially everything femininity which exists everywhere all feeling right essentially has yeah. a feminine yeah. uh, energy to it so by him wanting it all to stop is that what that is is that just i'm a man i was taught to be a man this yeah. way and i want it all to stop because i'm masculine energy in a feminine yeah. environment it's a very traditional that's the word old school old paradigm yeah. view of of manhood yeah right the the stoic unfeeling performer mm. that's the the old traditional role of of men is to be the stoic performer i don't feel anything i just get shit done i handle business right i'm i and i don't and nothing phases me nothing can get to me i mean that's what again traditionally we men we don't like don't show don't, don't let them see a sweat remember those commercials sure. don't let them see it never sure. let them see a sweat yeah like in other words never let them see that you're actually feeling something right, right, right. <laughs> you're just yeah. here to handle business yeah that's <clears throat> and, we, and we were teaching our women the same thing you know never never women don't let them see a sweat because they'll eat you up right so yeah it's it's a it's a it's a half half you know i i i i believe that we we humans all have the potential to to live into wholeness mm live into wholeness to, to develop our capacities of expression, uh, um, whatever those, whatever that may mean for an individual. But I think in this masculine feminine map, I think the, the whole human is one who in any moment knows how to offer masculine presence sure. and in any other moment knows how to, how to offer feminine presence. What do I mean by that? So feminine presence, meaning I know how to empathize. Sure. I know how to feel. I know how, when my wife comes to me and she's upset about something, I know how to just drop in and <sighs> babe, that, that sounds really horrible. And I really feel that I feel, Oh, that's shitty. <laughs> I'm with you. Wow. You know, to feel that's a, that's a, that's an, that's a feminine practice. I would say. Sure. Right. I, I'm, I'm laughing not because of that, but I think you talked about this and we were talking before we started recording. Cause when <laughs> you say that it's, it, Everything you just described gives me more clarity on this phrase that you use the the fear of the feminine So the example I was I, I think every guy every guy I'll just generalize right can relate to this yeah. wife has or girlfriend has problem, right? Problem has logical solution to it, right? right. Man hears problem man solves problem with logical yeah. conclusion, right? Like mm -hmm. do this But that's not what she was asking Brian Right. That's not what she was saying. Even though she said it, that's not what she was fucking saying. And then right. what your solution was isn't a solution because she just wanted you to listen. But she's offering you an opportunity mm. to to solve this problem. Talk about how that makes me. So wife wife says to me, uh, "This is what's going on." I say, "Hey, babe, this this and this." Yeah. My response to that garners a negative response from her. Yeah. How is that a fear on my part yeah. of the feminine or however you want to take that? Well, I think it's, it is a fear, but it's also just an ignorance. It's, it's an ignorance. And <laughs> I've been and, called that. Yeah. You and me both, my friend. <laughs> uh, and um, it's an, it's an ignorance of, of what is she really wanting? And also it's an ignorance on her part as well as what is she really asking for? Mm. I think we're all ignorant. You sure. know, I, I have great compassion for people and that do relationships at all, because uh, I like to say we're all, we're all innocent in our ignorance. Sure. You know, which means we're all innocent, but we're all, I mean, it also means we're all hundred percent guilty. Yeah. But if we knew how to do this stuff better, we'd do it better. But it's ignorance because we weren't taught again, how to feel our own feelings. Mm. And so, again, the, the subconscious programming is, well, I can't feel my feelings, 
no fucking way am I going to let you feel your feelings. Mm. Nobody gets to feel their feelings around here. That's really interesting. We're going to yeah. solve the problems. We're going to handle business because that's what I was taught as a kid, as a yeah. boy. We're taught that. Just handle business. You know, when it comes to, we talk about have having heart, being connected to heart. But what we mean by that when we're growing up is, is uh, when, the, when the game is on the line, you put it all out there to score that touchdown. Yeah, sure. That's what we mean by heart, which is, again, it's doing. Get it done. Such an unevolved being we are as men. No. So, <laughs> but you're right. That's, that's spot on. Yeah. And so now our partner comes to us, and what she's really wanting is beneath what I, 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 I'm, I'm often encouraging people to get beneath the level of the complaint, the level of the whatever How? we talked about. How do you do that? Because that's yeah. my challenge. My wife is talking to me, mm -hmm. and it's like, well, if I respond with what I think I'm supposed to say here, I'm not hearing her, yeah. <laughs> but if I don't respond and just say, that's interesting, uh, I'm not hearing her. It's the, so, it's the, it's the bane of our existence. So what do we, in teach me, Brian, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Well, first I'd say, be curious. Okay. Be curious. Uh, babe, what do you need from me right now? Do you need, do you need me to just listen or mm. are you actually like, are or what, what's, what's happening? I'm a little confused and I want to really be with you in this, in the way that would help you. Just ask question first. Often she'll tell you, she'll, she'll just say, well, yeah, I just need you to listen. Just hear me out. Okay, good. <sighs> that may, you know, I can, I can put my spear down at that point and go, ah, okay. I'm just, I'm here. I don't have to be in warrior mode because right. problem solving is warrior mode. Yeah, true. And she's not looking for me to be in warrior mode. She's probably looking for me to be more in, in, in lover mode because she's seeking connection. See, we think, and I'm with you, man. You come to me with an issue. I'm like, all right, dude, let's gather counsel. Let's solve this. We're going to come at it. Let's, if we need to bring in other men to result, let's do it. Let's I love mastermind it. this out. I think of, uh, what's that movie? Blazing Saddles. I didn't get a harumph <laughs> out of that guy, right? We're a harumph, harumph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So, because that means, okay, now I have a path forward. I know how to tackle this. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that again, another, another aspect of the, of the masculine feminine map is, is the masculine identifies with doing the mm. feminine identif identifies with being. So I'm, I'm at bliss in my doing, uh, the feminine is at bliss in her being, right? My wife can just sit on the couch and cuddle f all day for me, man, that's really uncomfortable. Like, I don't like it. That's, that's, I, I feel like I'm wasting my life away. What is, what purpose am, is my life for right now? Look, if I've worked, a, if I've worked 29 out of 30 days on the 30th day, I can sit on the couch and cuddle all day, sure. but, um, doing versus being. So, uh, when my wife comes to me and I get this wrong all the time, Jamie, I get it wrong all the damn time because I same the same temptation. It's like, I get the little, okay, babe, we're going to solve this. We're going to figure this out. And like the spear. That's a good, that's a good, <laughs> here's like, the spear. Who's head do we have visual, to cut off? Right. Know? Yeah. What, what animal do it's we have so to, to track down? It's so true. And she's like, no, 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 no. Just, I just want to connect. Mm. Just, just, just listen, just hear. Okay, great. And now, now what I'm, what I'm, what I'm now listening for are the feelings, the, the undertone, you know, what is it that she needs to feel validated? Here's another thing that us men get really trapped up around is we think that validating her experience means agreeing with it. Validation does not mean agreeing with. Mm. We have to we have to get that distinction or we will. Does it not mean to her or does it not mean do we have to explain that or is that inherently known? 
by the feminine energy? I don't think it matters so much. Okay. It usually doesn't matter. Sure. Look, sometimes there are very real solutions that we have to come up with. If there's a logistical question or a parenting question or relationships are full of actual things that need some resolution. But what I'm always telling couples is no good solutions come from a state of disconnection. Mm. And what happens is we're, we, we, in our conversations, we enter the conversation the moment she has an upset or complaint and I respond to it in a way that is not connecting for her, we're disconnected. Mm. And if we try to solve whatever whether it's a whether it's something that actually needs a solution or it's just she wants to vent regardless if we keep going while we're disconnected we're it's we're lost i mean that that's the thing that turns into you know the 4 a.m conversation like how did we get here the yeah. all-night thing or the or the fight that never gets resolved and it's miserable right so yeah. but there's another word jamie connection mm. What does that mean? What does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean to you? I, in my mind, I'm picturing like vibrating on the same frequency on whatever that issue or topic or discussion or whatever, just an energy that you're both aligned with in that moment. That's what connection feels like to me. But yeah, well, this is a great mystery for a lot of men. What uh, I had a uh, same friend uh, shared with me years ago. I love this story. He's him and his wife ha having marriage challenges and they're, they're sitting on their couch talking about their relationship mm. 45 minutes like they're they're in and at the end you know they're just frustrated with each other and, and the wife just turns him and says you know i just don't feel connected to you <laughs> he thinks about that he's like we just spent 45 minutes talking about our relationship what the hell are you talking about you don't feel connected to me and again this is if my wife ain't bleeding mm. if she's not on fire if the house ain't coming down around us, we're fine. We got no problems. Right. What's wrong? What, what is wrong with you? Right. Part of the, the way it then comes out. Why can't you just you? be happy with what we have? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I joke half jokingly told my wife near the beginning of our relationship. I was like, babe, look, if you're just happy and thrilled all the time, we'll be fine. Mm. Yeah. That's bliss. If you're I, good, I, I'm good. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know. She wanted to rip my head off. Sure. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Not, not a great thing to say, but it is, there is truth in what you're saying, but it's not obviously the right thing. But the, the irony is though, actually, if I can just validate what she's going through, her experience, which again, doesn't necessarily mean I have to agree with it or fully understand it, but validating just means acknowledging that what, what you're experiencing, it's real for you. Mm -hmm. And, and not with the caveat, oh, I get that it's real for you. It's not real for me. And it's not real for the world, but you know, it's real for you. So, okay. That's not acknowledging anything. That's, that's being condescending and kind of a dick. Sure. Sure. But, but yeah. genuinely, genuinely embracing and, and trusting that what your wife or your girlfriend or your partner is telling you is true for them. That right there is a profound step towards, well, connection, but also towards being able to get through anything together. Mm. Because when you can embrace that, even if you don't agree with it or agree for the, with the reasons for it, when you can sit with your partner and they're having an experience and it's clearly painful or stressful, whether it's a, it's look, it's much harder when it's about you, 
you know, that's, that's PhD level work right there. Yeah. But if they're just venting about work or a friend or something, it's a little bit easier to, for a lot of men to be with. Sure, <laughs> sure. It's not directed yeah. at us, but it's still the same concept. And just say, wow, you know, I really get that that's, that's difficult for you. I really get that you're, that that hurts and, oh, it hurts me to see you hurting. Whoa, man. Cause now she feels partnered with, I mean, I think that's, I like the way you like in, in aligned, we're aligned on the kind of on the same frequency. Well, I just, I like the word partner. We're, we're partners in this. Yeah. I'm with you. I'll often tell my wife, your feelings matter to me. Mm. You know, I'm with you. I'm with you. Your feelings matter. What you're feeling is, is valid. Oh, just yeah. that alone <sighs> helps her have that deep sigh and, and like, wow, okay, he's on my side. Yeah. Makes sense. You, um, I've got like three different ways I want to go, but I'm going to go this way. So you, you talked about, um, six things, six things that men want in a relationship, right? And I, I wrote them down just to yeah, I give, hope you wrote them down. Give you a I list forget. here. I know. Yeah. It's be there. Uh, <laughs> what men want from women. This is, okay. uh, be their authentic self, her authentic happiness uh -huh. to, for her to love him with wild abandon for her to communicate openly and respectfully call out his bullshit, mm. uh, surrender to love and surrender sexually. And you give, you know, for somebody that mm. you give a lot of context on that. Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned before about independence, you, you know, your your wife is a strong independent woman. When I read through that list mm. for me, what was missing was that, and I'm coming from a prior relationship mm -hmm. I was engaged, called the wedding off a few weeks before it was a highly codependent relationship mm. on one end mm -hmm. on her end yeah. is how I inter I interpreted it where I value independence. Like I, I, I learned after that, I don't want a woman that needs to be with me. Mm. I want a woman that wants to be with me agency, yeah. all of that yeah. stuff. Where does that fit in? So where does the idea that I want an independent woman, does that fit into these six things or is independence a myth? I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, talk to me about that. Like does codependency, mm -hmm. I guess the core of the question, like is codependency ever healthy in a relationship or is independence sort of foundational to these six things or anything that a man wants in a woman? Re read those again. Excuse me. Men want women to be their authentic self. Mm -hmm. They want her authentic happiness. They want her to love him with wild abandon for uh, her to communicate openly and respectfully call out his bullshit for her to surrender to love and for her to surrender sexually. Yeah. Well, I think independence is cooked into most of those. Yeah. The, the, the be your authentic self, not your wounded child self. I mean, that's when, when, when the wounded child is running the show, that's when we're in codependence. Sure. Because we all have a codependent part of ourselves. I mean, if your wife doesn't give you what you want when you want it, yeah. there's a little part of this that throws a little temper tantrum. Good point. You know how now when we're in our adult self, and and it, it might take sixty seconds for the adult to come online. If we don't have access to the adult, then we just stay in the in the in the wounded child. And you know, some men like sexually. A lot of men, if if they want sex and their partner doesn't give it to them, they they'll either they become the the, 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 the weakling that just goes and pouts in the corner or the tyrant that gets angry and like, sure. you should, this, this, you know, you're my wife, you should blah, 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 blah. And that's the wounded child running the show, mm. right? That's yeah. codependence. So when we're, when we're connected to our authentic self, also to, to give feedback, you know, in there respectfully, mm -hmm. codependence is often very disrespectful. That's a good point. Right. When we're again, cause we're in that wounded early adaptive child self where we're, we're, I'm not even with you. I'm, I'm with dad right now. Sure. I'm with my mom. 
right? I'm, I'm, I'm responding to you. You're, you're my partner, but I'm actually angry at mom taking sure. it out on you. Right, right, that's, right. that's not, you know, that, that's not, I would say, and, and look, the word authentic is a tricky word, but it's all cooked in there. That, that makes so much sense. Cause that, that is it. Like I, I, I um, it was a revelation for me. And when I read these, I, I was curious about the question. Cause I, that's how exactly how I interpret it. You know what? All of these, all of them, even to your point, surrendering sexually, surrendering, uh, whatever the other one was, um, all of them rely, I think there's a healthy balance of independence to codependence in my opinion. So what I read in that and what I heard you say just now is, yeah, like when you're in that space of codependence, it feels like that's where you're maybe getting a, a hint of maybe an unhealthy moment in the relationship or an yeah, unhealthy moment yeah. for you. You're, you're like you said, it's the inner child pouting or something yeah, else yeah. Uh, reflecting on, a, on something you're pissed about with your mother and, and directing it. I, I see this with my kids, man. Like I have a sister that um, very selfish, always very selfishly motivated. And I worry with my oldest kid when he demonstrates those habits, I'm not upset with him. Mm. I'm upset with the version of him that it feels like to me as my sister. There's other damage right. there, right? That I'm yeah, yeah. that I'm now pouring onto this poor yeah. seven-year-old kid. Yeah. So that, I, that, I think that's just fascinating. The, the, the concept of, of independence, maybe being on, I don't know, maybe I'm being too binary with this, but being on the healthier side of the scale, codependence might be an indication that you're in an unhealthy emotional or mental space. Fair? Yeah. And, and I think we got to be really careful too, because we tend to, and both men and just our culture, we tend to idealize independence. It is the end all be all. I am independent. You are independent. I got me. You got you. Yeah. That doesn't tend to make for healthy, intimate relationship because there's, there's a, there's another stage beyond independence, which a, a word we could use for that is interdependence, mm, like interdependence. That. You know, I, a, a way that I learned this model. So David data opened up the whole masculine feminine conversation for me as he probably has for many of our listeners, whether they know it or not, he's like the godfather of masculine feminine work mm. in our culture. And he, he, I love the way that he formulated these three stages. So codependence is, you know, I'm just in my neediness. Mm -hmm. I need you to be X, Y, Z so I can be happy, whatever. Well, independence is the, is the, I don't need shit. I don't need shit. Right. Yeah. And I don't want you to need shit either. Right. Get off me. Get off me. Yeah. Back off. And, and everybody, we need to, we need to go through that stage now in a, in a, let's just say a, a, I don't know, maybe an age appropriate or a developmentally appropriate way of going through that is in, in, in adolescence as teenagers, late adolescence, early adulthood, where we, we separate from our parents. We really differentiate from our parents. We find out who we are authentically apart from our family system, apart from even culture to some degree. Like, who am I? We, we, you know, we wander in the woods or in the world some way. And we, we cross the chasm of, of what, family and culture expected of us to do with our lives and what are we actually authentically supposed what is our soul yearning to do with our lives like we, we cross that chasm a lot of people don't cross that chasm till, till later in life if they do ever sure so they're again kind of stuck in that in that codependent identification with who they are it's all wrapped up in family shit and cultural shit and i don't even know who i am right and i'm gonna take that out on you sure yeah you need to make me happy because i'm miserable <laughs> well so, my ex yeah so so 
<laughs> when we when we 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 differentiate through through independence, oh, I know who I am. I know where my boundaries are. Mm. I know what is a yes for me versus what is a no for me. Authentically, I know what works for me, what doesn't. And not only that, Jamie, but I respect you as an independent being as well. This is where relationship starts to ah, two adults are in the room versus two wounded codependent children that never really entered adulthood. Now two adults are in the room. Now we're okay. I know who I am. You know who you are, you know, more or less. And now we can dance. Now we start negotiating, navigating, you know, figuring out, okay, well, what are my sensitivities? What are your sensitivities? How do we, how do we coexist and dance and do this in a way that's beautiful and meaningful and it's going to be messy, but how do we do this? That that's what two adults are, are engaged. That's why it takes 10 years. Cause that's a long conversation to be had with, with another person. Yeah. But as we deepen with someone, I mean, you're with, you said you're with your wife between 12 and 14 years. Yeah, I, got, I, got, I, got, I met her at 30, <laughs> got married. I was thinking about it as we were talking, married at 32. So yeah, to, okay. 12 years married, 14 years together. Got it. <laughs> yep, I was paying attention. Uh, I, did, I did the math. I have a math minor. So nice. Was, nice. Yeah. Good job. So now, you know, you're with someone long enough. You do become dependent on them. Sure. If your wife were to leave or your relationship were to end, your whole world would just be turned upside down for, for a time. I mean, it would yeah. just be chaos for a minute. And, and, and all, for all kinds of reasons, there would be, you'd have to grieve. There would be a grieving, a death that you'd have to process. I mean, you know, so, you know, my, I'm seven years with my wife, same, man, we are in a way dependent on each other, but we, but we have our independent selves that we can also fall back to. Right. You know, those are independent selves are always in the relationship and there is a dance of interdependence. I mean, I feel more with my wife around, for example, her emotions, her feelings. She's so alive in her body and her, her smile and her eyes and her feelings. She cries regularly. She laughs like she's all over the emotionally. Whoa, that, that takes me on a ride, which I both love and sometimes hate, Yeah, you know, yeah. without her around, man, I'm just kind of. Uh, just kind of like a rock on a mountainside a little bit and that's fine for a minute, but, but then what, right. You know, so there is a, but the, 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 the distinction is I'm allowing myself to need her in this interdependent dance. I'm, I'm, and this is again, invitation versus obligation. I love that. codependence is all obligation. True. Yeah. Interdependence is invitation. You know, we invite each other into the dance every day and, and we say yes to the invitation. That is a way healthier way to put it. I like interdependence in that regard because you're right. It's, you know, you're kind of leaning on each other like ah, we could push off and stand up if we need to, but we're kind of leaning on each other. Not one of us isn't on the other, mm -hmm. you know, where it's like, oh, if, if not for, oh my God, you know, you need to make me happy. That whole thing. Yeah. I like the concept of interdependence. Yeah. Were you going to say something? No. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to. Um. With you specifically, I want to dive into this for a moment because your, your story is interesting to me. I look at it like a series of patterns mm. that you eventually interrupted, but almost didn't. Mm. And here's what I mean by that. 26, you leave the Air Force unfulfilled, yeah. right? I think oh, you were 26. Miserable, miserable right? A, a down part of your life. I, I've had that experience in corporate recently. Many of uh, that have listened to the podcast have heard me talk about that. Just got the job I thought that I was supposed to want and just empty, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so 26, that happens. You move to France, you're married eight months, that, yeah. that ends in divorce, back to Miami, yeah. you start a business, or you, at least you join a business with your father, I think it was, yeah. you scale it to 50 million, this is where yeah. Oprah comes in, yeah. but unhappy and leave it yeah. at the end of it, right? Yeah. Uh, relationships come and go as you yeah. go. You're, I think, 42, when you're on the precipice of marrying your now wife, Sylvie, mm -hmm. and you almost walked away. Mm. 
in there though is a pattern interrupt i feel like definitely but are all of those things related are are in other words you're leaving your unfulfillment with the military your unfulfillment with the marriage that you had in france your unfulfillment or or whatever is it is it related to a pattern and i think you called it conclusions you had to challenge your conclusions mm. Is that what it boiled down to for you? And and just kind of dissect that a little bit yeah. for me. I'd be curious to hear, because I think a lot of people struggle with this. Like, yeah. I thought this was the thing, but it wasn't. Here we go again, yeah. right? And this for you manifested in so many different areas, career, lifestyle, where you're living, who you're with, all of that. And again, you were like, this is going to be my wife. I met her. In fact, I think you met her four or five months after you committed to being single, right. right? Essentially. Yeah. yeah. So you met her, like that. The, the, the gods have smiled on you. This is the one. Yeah. But you almost ended it. Yeah. Talk about that. Well, yeah. So, wow, man. Well, very astute observations. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. very interesting to see, to see those patterns. And I think th throughout my twenties and thirties, uh, see w w context, we don't have a culture. We don't live in a culture that really helps people find their authentic selves. Yeah. We live in a culture that says, go to college, <laughs> make, go, go get a job, make your money, get your big house, your car by 28. By 28, be, be comfortable, you're done. Just just climb the ladder. That's our culture. 100%. And not that there's anything wrong with those things, but but we, we, we're missing a, a profoundly important developmental stage. And that is, and I spoke to that earlier, that is the, the crossing of the chasm from our late adolescent stage to, to, to true adulthood. And in true adulthood, we know who we are. On, uh, in relationship, yes, to culture, but in relationship to the cosmos, to life. Like I know who I am in, in relationship to, to the mountains, to the water, to, to my body, to like, I, I just have a sense of place in the universe as much as I have a sense of place in culture. Okay. So maybe I'm a doctor, but I'm also a, I don't know, you know, I'm also an infinite being of love. I mean, I'm, I'm also so much more than just a fucking doctor. Mm -hmm. Right. But as when we don't cross that chasm, and I hadn't crossed that chasm. So I'm in my twenties. I'm a, I'm a captain in the air force at 26 years old. I'm so miserable, <laughs> but I've got everything I'm supposed to want, but I'm miserable. Yeah. And I don't even know why no one can tell me why I just know I'm miserable. Okay. So I get out and now I just wander. And yeah, I met a woman along the way. And I think a lot of men, we will use women when we're to, to fill up our misery and it doesn't work. Right. Works for a minute, but then it stops working. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, it must be the woman. I'll get a different woman. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I'm not happy. You know, I had this car for a time. Now I want a different car. It's the same thing. It's, it's, we're, 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 we're fulfilling from outside in. And eventually we discover that that just doesn't work. And so this is when we will leave the corporate job. We might leave the marriage that, that we, we, we got into and kind of from a false identity. Yeah. And now we're in the chasm. And that place is a scary place because I don't know who I am. It's a letting go of identity. And I had to go through that. Man. Yeah. And I spent years in that place because again, you know, in traditional and in indigenous cultures, they have rituals. They have, I did a, a vision quest when I was probably 30 or so. Um, I went and in, in, uh, spent four days on a mountainside in the South of Chile with no food, no water on a vision quest. Again, though, I didn't really have a good steward, a good guide helping me understand why am I doing a vision quest? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. why am I even doing that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
So like we do all these things, you know, drink. I, these days is everyone go get a shaman and drink ayahuasca. We're talking about that. The, the producers and I were talking about that before. And I'm all for it. Me too. <laughs> I've done lots of ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, there's a part of it. It's like, I don't know really why I know I'm, why, I don't really know why I'm doing this. Yeah. I know I need to do something, but yeah. I'm not sure what I'm doing. What am I looking for here? Well, um, you know what? So anyway. Fast forward, you know, through my twenties and thirties, all of these explorations and adventures. And yes, man, like, you know, working, you know, ha having my moment on Oprah, like I'm there talking on the microphone with Oprah and, and it's like a pinnacle moment and still not fulfilled. Empty. Yeah. Empty. I don't know what, what am I doing? Well, by the time I hit, you know, 40, 41, it's like, wow, okay. I know who I am. I mean, I couldn't answer that in concrete terms, but I have a sense of my nature of who I am in relationship to my work, to the world, to, to my family, to, so like uh, really dropping in and, and inhabiting my body <sighs> and ready to stop using women mm. to fill up my emptiness, right? That's the moment I'm ready for real partnership. And that's when Sylvie came into my life. You know, at 41, 42. Now, okay, I'm, I'm high. I'm on top of the world. Everything's working for me. I got the woman. Finally, I got the, I got the, I got the work. I got the prestige. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a world renowned blogger on relationships and a coach and I'm making lots of money. And, and it fills you. And I, and it fills me. Right. I'm loving it. Yeah, like yeah. this is the work of my soul, of my being. I've, I've landed, I've arrived. And now I got the woman, you know, world hear me roar. Sure. And then four months in, five months into that relationship, she broke up with me. And two things happened. One, on a, I was profoundly relieved. Hmm. And I was unfathomably devastated. Interesting. Relieved because of the reasons we talked about earlier. Oh, thank God, I don't have to do relationship. I don't have to do this. I, don't, I can walk away from the feminine. I don't, all the demand, all the change, all the stuff. Woo, that was overwhelming. <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. anyway, ah, oh, I've been relieved of, of the, of the duty of showing up for love. You know, I can just go back to doing my own egoic things, whatever works for me. Yeah. Independence. I'm alone. You know, there's that part of me is like, oh, thank God. Whew. But the deeper truth was, yeah. oh my God, everything is meaningless. If I don't have someone to share this with, mm -hmm. and if I don't have a, a place to put my love, to give and receive love. All of this is meaningless. And I felt that I felt utterly meaningless. I was in a, I was actually, when, when I got the phone call from her, I hadn't talked to her for five days. I was, uh, cause she was on a silent retreat and we're four months in and I was at a conference, uh, in Philadelphia and I'm at a, you know, convention halls, yeah. big, giant, boomy rooms. I was giving, I was actually giving a presentation. I was uh, uh, talking to a spa business owners about doing, doing business with a mindset of love. Hmm. And then I get this phone call from my girlfriend and I heard it in her voice at the end of the day, I'm sitting in one of these big boomy rooms. I could hear it. She didn't break up with me on the phone, but I heard it. Hmm. She's going to break up with me. She wouldn't wanted to see me when I got back. Jamie, that room, the emptiness of that room, the cavernous quality of that room mirrored what I felt in my body. 
Like I have everything and it's all empty and meaningless. I've never experienced that to that degree in my life. And I've never been suicidal, but I felt I am, this is the psychological space within which men walk around who might kill themselves because none of this matters. My, why even be here? That was a turning point for me in my life. It was my turning, it was a turning point for me in relationship to relationship. Hmm. And, f you know, she and I got back together three weeks later. Our relationship didn't suddenly get easier. We still had a lot of challenges to work through. But, but I became relational in a way that I hadn't been relational before. I'd been so hyper independent because I was so hurt in codependence. Sure. Codependence sucked. I didn't ever want to go back there. Yeah, I feel you, yeah. But I just didn't know the, I thought, I thought the, the, the antidote to codependence is independence, right? I got me, you got you. That's how we're going to do this. Well, that's partly why my girlfriend broke up with me. She would say this thing. She's like, Brian, you're like a single guy in relationship. Wow. I was like, I didn't get that because look, I, I, I proclaimed publicly to the world. I, I changed my Facebook status for you. Like everybody knows I got a woman. What are you talking about? I'm not, I'm not flirting with other women. I'm not talking to other women. I'm not violating any boundaries. Like I'm with you. But she kept saying that you're like a single guy that wants to be in a relationship. Well, I got it in that breakup. I was not really, I was not leaning into relation with her. I was leaning out like you got you. I got me. So that was a breakthrough moment for me that, whoa, er, you know, every day I lean into relationship with my wife mm. and, and what that looks like just in a very practical sense is, you know, we both work at home. I, I wake up usually a couple hours earlier than her and I'm already in my workflow. Well, when she gets up, whatever I'm doing, if I'm not in a meeting, I'll stop and I go to her and I hug her intentionally to say good morning. Our bodies touch in a non-sexual way. It's a way of signaling, babe, I choose you. I'm in. I'm in again for today. I'm not turning away from you because I have all these other things to do. Yes, I have all these other things to do, but you know what? You're primary. Just that, that six-second practice is a way that I lean into relation. It's not comfortable for me, Jamie. I mean, I, I, I want to keep working. I get you. Yeah. I want to keep doing the thing I'm doing. I'm yeah. on my mission. Yeah. She's fine. She ain't bleeding. Right. <laughs> She's not on fire. You got your spear. Right. I got yeah. my spear. I'm over here, you know, right. throwing spears and shit, <laughs> feeding the family, right. bringing home the meat. Yeah. But if I stay there, I, I lose her Yeah. and I lose us. And that that's, I'm, that's not the game I'm playing. You talk about masculinity, something I want to touch on. Great, great, great way of explaining that, by the way. Thank you for that. I appreciate you taking me on that journey. Um, I heard you, I think you have a partner, Tate, business yeah, partner. Okay. Yeah. I heard you talking about in your community as it expands, and we'll talk about your community here in a little bit, um, that you've seen uh, men take their lives, suicide. You mentioned suicide a moment ago. Uh, and I believe uh, if I heard you right, or maybe I've read it somewhere else, uh, male suicide rates are exceeding those of female suicide rates mm -hmm. at this point. So we yeah. talk about masculinity and all the phrasing around masculinity seems to be about its toxicity. A lot of debate on whether or not that's real or whatever. We can get into that if you want, but more to the point, what's the crisis of masculinity here? Because mm -hmm. even in GoBundance, we've had a couple of guys, one in particular that I know of uh, that took his own life. Another person who died suddenly that I'm learning, yeah. it might've been, it, there's a good chance that it was the same, uh, the same thing. He took his own life, battled with depression, struggled with some of the stuff in the past. 
what is this crisis? I think we've touched a little bit on on uh, on some of it, but I want to really just sort of zero in. Like, what are you seeing as you? I think you put it as you've witnessed this. Yeah. Like the, the interesting word that you use. You've you've been witness to mm. these suicides in mm. in your community in the in the community that you're you're mm. growing and you're you know yeah. likely to see when you have more people in it. Yeah. What is it? What is is this a masculinity crisis? Is that what's leading to this, or what are you seeing? What are you witnessing? Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the term toxic masculinity. Yeah, me neither. I don't think that's helpful. It's not helpful. Right. Um, you know, I'm I'm touched by this uh, story of uh, the Vietnam War. So we lost fifty three thousand ish soldiers in the actual war. Well, we lost over a hundred thousand soldiers to suicide who came home from the war. Wow. Uh, as a veteran, like that number haunts me, you know, and, and we've had, there's this famous number 22, the number 22, that's how many veterans commit suicide every day. Still, still. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that was a, f that number is a few years old, but I don't know what it is today. Actually. Still two is too much. One is too much. It's, right? yeah. it's happening yep. at alarming rates, but there's something interesting about what happened after Vietnam, that there were, there were native Americans that served in Vietnam when they, some of them, when they came home, they didn't come home to a life in which they were alone. Some of them came home and when they were able to connect with their tribal community and to go into, to, to ritual space doing, um, uh, what are those, uh, I want to say sauna, but that's such a, that's the, so not the right word. <laughs> God, the, uh, sweat lodge. Like ceremonies, like sweat lodge. I don't know what that is. Okay. Well, yeah, Native American traditions where they were able to be with their community and to enter the ritual space where they could could, could sort of cleanse themselves of the horrific experience they had been through, and then be embraced by by other other men and women for that matter, and welcomed back into community. Their suicide numbers were far less. Wow. I think one of the greatest crises that men are facing is we're we're lone wolfing it mm. in life. We're doing it alone. We're bearing our burdens alone. We're not allowing people in to see what's really going on. The, 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 the sadnesses we're carrying. We don't even let ourselves see it. You know, we're just so distracting from our, our sadnesses, our grievings, our griefs, our angers, our upsets, all the stuff that we're, we're carrying. We either just don't talk about it or we numb it out through video games, porn, work, alcohol, drugs, TV, football, whatever it is. Food. Yeah. Food. Sure. We just, we, we, we're not having the real conversations and particularly with other men because who can understand what it is to be a man than another man? <clears throat> you know, a lot of us men, if we're in relationship, we'll, we'll try to maybe put those burdens on our, our wife, our intimate partner. It's not really the place for all of that. Mm -hmm. Yes, I mean, our partners need to need to be let in, but we men need other men to have the conversations about what it's like. Look, we're white dudes, you know, and I, 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 I'm all about, I mean, I, I, I agree. I believe that as a white man in this country, I have great privilege sure. and it's still fucking hard <laughs> to be a white dude. Right. It's still hard to be a man. That's a good point. It's both. Yeah. It's both. Yeah. Yes, I have privilege. And you know what? Damn, life's still fucking hard. Mm -hmm. So if I don't have other men that I can commiserate with, that I can just vent to that, oh, okay. And, and, and I can, 
you know, just, just tussle with and the ways that we men need to tussle. If we, you know, you and me, if we're sitting around a fire and just arguing philosophy, and if I'm trying to do that with my wife, she hates me. Yeah. She doesn't want to argue philosophy with me. She doesn't want to talk politics with me. She doesn't want to, she wants to just connect. She wants to be validated by me, but I want to, I need someone to tussle with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 100%. In respectful ways. I don't want to feel disrespected and I don't want to be disrespectful. So when I can do that with other men, oh man. Now I'm feeling connected to men. I'm feeling connected to myself. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of being a man without, you know, it's like we, we, we do, we get into this either or conversation. I'm either, I either have to be proud to be a man or I, or I'm a, a racist asshole. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, no, you're or, so or I'm right. a piece of shit. Whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's like, it, it's a, it's a false, we're, we're framing this in false terms. Like I, I'm not ashamed to be a white guy. I'm proud. I'm white. So what? That's right. great. I'm proud of it. But it doesn't mean I'm proud over being a black guy. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It does also doesn't mean I don't have problems and I don't I don't carry burdens. And I so I think the the the, the lone wolfing it through life is that is a that is an epidemic of men that is killing us because we don't know how to have the conversations that that we need to have that and 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 we don't know as as men again we don't know how to listen. You know, if I come to you with a problem, most guys ah dude here's what you do about it. You know, or just do this, or, you know, oh, you're going through a breakup, dude. Nothing, nothing gets you over the last one like the next one. Yeah. That's not helpful. I know. That's I know. not helpful. It sounded bad. <laughs> it's not at but, all yeah, helpful. Right, like, right. I'm grieving. I need to grieve. I need men that can help me, to hold me, walk me through, steward me through my grieving. Mm. So the, the lone wolfing it through life is, is an epidemic for men. And, and, and man, we just, when we get to a point, I think, again, I've never been suicidal, so I don't really know what what causes a man to do that. But when we start having real conversations with each other, one of the things that I hear most often, Jamie, in, 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 in men's groups is it feels so good to know I'm not alone. That's it, man. It's the, it's the ROI. You can't, you, you know, we'll talk about elevate your relationship and you've got, you, you even have a very exclusive mastermind that you do. That's, you know, essentially filled up. So, but, but the, 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 the challenge for men is I got to pay money to hang out with people, right? Like in order to do these <laughs> totally. things, go abundance, whatever. I, I hear it from guys yeah, all yeah, the time. Yeah. And it's like, look, you're, you're essentially investing in a network of people that you can be you with. And there's no way to quantify that ROI. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, I met this guy, we did business together and the return on that business was X. So if I paid 10 or 20 or $30,000 to join said group yeah. and I made a hundred grand, I can quantify yeah. the return, the ROI, yeah. but the ROI you can't quantify is that when you chip away at who you are, like, you know, I can't show up as a hundred percent of me in whatever, uh, if I'm in a W two career and the culture there typically exactly. is more, yep. you know, like, like you said, men bury it down, men yeah. charge forward and you want to be vulnerable. You can't be vulnerable. You can't mm -hmm. be open and honest in that yeah. dynamic. Right. Yeah. So 20% of you can't, can't be represented. That's right. And over time, man, that just eats at you and eats yeah. at you. And when you walk into a room yeah. of like-minded people yeah. and you're able to just be, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. That ROI is incalculable. It is. Incalculable. Yeah. If, if you're, look, if you're, if you're a man and you can, you can create that just on your own terms with the people in your community, do it. Right. Do it. Yep. But that's generally not the context. That's it. The vast majority of men are living in. It's not available. It's not accessible. Yeah. Fucking pay for it. It's usually one or two, right? There's usually like one or two people. Oh, they got a couple guys, but by and large, no. And yeah, I know. So I pay for why it. why I do it. And I'm not saying yeah. it because we are and you have, but I pay to be a part of Mastermind. You Same, pay to be part 100%. of hundred percent. Right? It just makes sense. And and I, I don't think that's, I, I look, it also, it, it puts skin in the game. Yeah. 
I want to be around other men that have skin in the game. Right. Because I want to know that when things get sticky or things get messy or we do some conflict, you're not going to bail on me. Right. And if you've got skin in the game, okay, then I can trust. This always happens to me also when I when I when I start a men's group or a men's group. I'm, we all do this. I'm we're sizing the guys up in the room. Like, who is this guy? Yeah. We're you know we men don't trust other men. <laughs> even that even that that idea of I have to pay right. to hang out. Like, you're gonna take advantage of me. Yeah. You know, I, I had a guy that that applied to my mastermind recently, and I so appreciated his honesty. He's like, um, I feel like you guys might be taking advantage of men that are suffering. Mm. And you know, you have to pay money to be a part of something where we need help. And it's like, I get it. You know, I, I didn't confront, I didn't take him on on that. It's like, dude, I totally understand. I really get it. We men don't trust other men. You know, and I I would love to be in a world where this does isn't needed. Right. Where all men grow up in communities where they can trust other men to have real conversations and, and we can steward each other through the challenges of life. But we don't have that. Our fathers left us to find our own way. Our brothers and our friends are just as clueless as we are. So, you know, as as more and more men are finding a way, you know, I, I, I I'm I'm so I'm I, I lead men's groups, but. I'm not telling men where to go with their lives. You know, I'm, I'm creating a container within which men can find themselves. Men can, can find parts of themselves that, that have been cut off, that they have, that they have repressed or denied or rejected because their fathers taught them to, or their mothers taught them to, or society taught them to, and they're dying in their loneliness. Mm. You know, I like to say that I, I do two things. I help men do intimate relationship well, and I help men do brotherhood well, because we men need other men. And so long as culture doesn't just make that happen naturally for us, yeah, I'm gonna get paid for it. Sure. You're gonna pay me to come into these containers. First off, I gotta feed my family. Sure. You know, I put a lot of time into this work. And it's you, it's authentic work on your part. Right. This is the work of my soul, of my being. Right. And any man that 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 this isn't right for, oh, I I bless you. And and man, you don't have to work with me. But all men listening, go find other men mm. that you can build a trustable relationship with. That 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 also is one of the most important things I do for my relationship with my wife. Have other men. Yeah, it's true. Be in regular conversation. So you're not with other dumping men. that on her, right? Exactly. So you're not dumping that that need for that fellowship. On her or, that, or, or challenge or challenge. Yeah. You know, a lot of us men will, will challenge. We want to challenge our wives because we need challenge. Right. The, the masculine rises. Here's another distinction. The masculine rises in the face of challenge. Yeah. The feminine doesn't rise in the face of challenge. The feminine rises in, in, in the face of praise. Yeah. I had this funny moment with my wife where we were going for a, a walk and I wanted to, I was feeling I needed some challenge. So I was like, babe, I'll race you to that tree up there. <laughs> She looked at me like I had three heads. She's like, I don't want to race you to that tree. That's why I love having sons. <laughs> we do that. Me and my boys race. Yeah. And your boys. Yeah. Oh, man. My wife's like, I don't want to. I don't want to race you. I want to just hold your hand and walk with you. And I was like, oh, man, come on. Yeah. I'm, uh, let's make this interesting. 
And she's like, fuck off. Interesting. <laughs> this is interesting. We're being with each other. I love that being doing distinction that, I mean, you've said a lot of things today that have yeah. landed, but that really, really hit me, man. I, I love that. And I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got a meeting to get to choose her every day or leave her. You can get this book on Amazon. It's yeah. excellent. I read it on Kindle myself. So I appreciate you bringing me a copy because I just, I don't get, yeah. I don't get hardcover books in the Dominican anymore. There's no Amazon. So uh, I have to, I have to do everything's Kindle or Audible. Okay. Yeah. And I like a tangible book. Great, so thank great. you for that. You're welcome. Uh, elevate your relationship. Uh, this is a program yeah. that you offer. Talk a little yeah. bit about that and then tell us where we can find more, more about. Yeah. You. So elevate your relationship. It's a, a program, a six month program, coaching program. Oh, wow. That's, a lot. That's intense. They, yeah. they do get to, to work with me in that. And, um, um, you know, we're, we, we cover essentially nine skills in relationships and, and we start with, again, with intimacy with self building from there to intimacy with other. And we, we go through, everything from having how to have healthy boundaries, how to navigate conflict. Well, there's a, there's a myth that I think a lot of men carry into relationship that a good relationship will have no conflict. It's a fucking myth. Yeah. You know, so we, and in that myth, we either try to avoid conflict or just end it as quickly as possible. Right. You know, and I would do both. Yeah. <laughs> I'd ignore it as long as I could. And then when it would arose, I, whatever I can to end it. Well, what does that end up doing but just create more conflict, right? So we, we work through that. We talk about that, how to work, how to become skilled at conflict so that you're creating connection, not disconnection. We talk about the art of masculinity and femininity, how to create erotic tension intentionally with your partner through the practice of masculine and feminine polarity. Uh, we talk about you know, just the art of curiosity, how to be curious, how to bring curiosity into your relationship. It's, I mean, ultimately it's really about helping men connect to themselves and to their partners in relationships. It's called Elevate Your Relationship. It's for men only. And man, you know, sometimes when, when, I'm, when I'm working with these, these groups of men and I'm like, wow, we've got, you know, 10 men on a, on a group call right now and I'm looking at the Zoom screen because it's all online predominantly. I, I want to do in-person events for that, but we're not sure. there yet. I'm like, wow, we're like 12 dudes right now talking about our relationships. This is so cool. Mm. This is, this is, I mean, this is unprecedented. So I, I'm really proud of that work. I think I, I have such admiration for men that are again, willing to lean in to the challenges of relationship. We, we men, we, there's, there's two paths we tend to walk as we move through our life and relationship. One is we can trend towards cynicism. Relationships suck. Women suck. I, why would I choose relationship? You know, the path of cynicism. Sure. Or we can choose the path of love. And that, that ain't easy. Right. It's messy. Yeah. You've been married 12, again, years. 12 to 14 12 years. To 14. <laughs> Somewhere there. 2010. <laughs> so that's 12 years. Yeah. 12 years. You know, man. Yeah. It's messy. Yeah. Um, but that's, again, cynicism. Look, you choose either one, but it is a choice. And it's, and I say it's a choice we make every day. I mean, I can be cynical about my relationship today if I want to. Mm -hmm. And I have my moments, you know, again, in my men's group, like, fellas, this is what happened. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> what the fuck? You know, relationships, shit. You know, bitches, man. Like, I can do that with my guys, but but they don't just sit there and we don't stay there. They're like, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, me too. And we laugh and they're like, but, you know, this is what we choose. Right. We, we bring us back to the path of love. Mm. That's priceless. And that's the work we're up to in Elevate Your Relationship. I love it. Where can people find more about you, Elevate Your Relationship, website, social media handle, whatever you want to leave people with? So, uh, brianreeves.com. Brian with a Y. B-R-Y. Reeves. Yeah. 
R-E-E-V-E-S.com. Uh, right now, Elevate Your Relationship is is really invitation only. So you just contact me through the website. Um, and I do have two spots left on my mastermind for 2023. So also, uh, but that's it. Also on my website, it's called Elevate 2023. So, but you know, my book on Amazon, but BrianReeves.com, Brian with a Y. Sorry, the word. Yes. yes. Reeves.com. Uh, that's you can find everything. Love it, man. I really appreciate you coming in. I learned a ton and it's a great conversation. I appreciate yeah, you thanks, man. here. So you're a great host. Thank you. Thank you. We'll stay connected and uh, yeah, appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man.